This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with not the one, the only, Brandon Smotty Swanson, but I'm with Sean Anderson again. See, you know, work is must be tough for Brandon, because now this is two weeks. I mean, might have to start docking his pay here. Yeah, works, MVP. works real tough for me, too. Uh, I, I, I don't have anything to do uh, consistently, and now I am uh, truly uh, a freeloader where mm-hmm. I don't have a job, I don't go to school, and I've just been starting watching Hollywood Squares uh, on YouTube. You called me today, and you're like, hey, we're going to have to push the podcast back a little bit. I'm, I got to finish Hollywood. It Square. was five minutes. All right. It was uh, it was entertaining, uh, entertaining, uh, entertainment reporters. Well, you said it was a it was from a, 2001. It was a crushing score. Too. Destroyed. Uh, Eight thousand to nothing. Complete mm-hmm. shutout. Jennifer Weigel got destroyed. <laughs> um, and she's from Chicago. Is she? She's play, uh, she uh, worked for uh, WBBM. I think. Not really uh, given the good old Chicago name a uh, good one. On she that got one. crushed like tomatoes. Well, we've got a jam packed show here. The primetime podcast. You're one and only stop here for Hollywood on Squares. MVP, not just for Hollywood Squares, but for college sports as well, basketball and football. Jam-packed show going to be looking at the recent decision by the Supreme Court to strike down the federal law against sports gambling. How is that going to affect college sports? Then we're looking draft the rest of the way. We're going to look at potential busts. Got a comment about that. Sean and I mm-hmm. said, fuck it, let's do it. And then we're also going to look at potential stealers, or not stealers, potential sleepers in the NBA draft as well. But before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Number one, if you like what we're doing, want to help support us, make sure to go check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. That's where you can help support the channel and be rewarded for doing so. At the $10 tier, you can come on a podcast, discuss anything you want in the College sports, the BTP, the onside kick, the fast break for basketball, all of our podcasts, you can do that. Also, you can check our store link down below in the description. That's where you get your nice MVP t-shirts. You can also get those at mostvalopodcast.com where you can catch everything for MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, if you're on iTunes, if you're on um, Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the Primetime Podcast a five-star rating. And type a little review. Let people know why you like it and why they should check it out as well. But, Sean, let's get into this first topic. And Mm -hmm. it was earlier this week, Supreme Court struck down the federal law against sports gambling and sports betting. And immediately the sports world was a frenzy with it. You had Mark Cuban coming out saying that franchises have basically doubled in value, that they became that much more valuable because of this. Mm-hmm. My thought, and I didn't have this until I was listening to First Take, and Max Kellerman said it. He goes, the only sport I can think of that this might hurt or should worry maybe is college football. So the question I want to ask to you is, will this decision, will it impact college sports in general? Well, right now it's not going to be too – it's not going to have an immediate effect, at least, mm-hmm. we got to say, because obviously it has to still uh, be adopted by states. Um, they still have to apply for it. We know, obviously, it's currently legal in Las Vegas. Um, we know New Jersey was a, one of the big proponents mm-hmm. to at least get this passed through legislation and get it at least passed through the Supreme Court, and they were the big proponents, um, at least for this uh, upcoming ruling of 6-3 vote that struck down the 1992 law. Um, so it's going to take a little bit of time. So it's not going to have an immediate effect because, again, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Congress can still uh, you know, pass laws to at least regulate this. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But if it does get passed, and let's say at least the majority of states do it, 
it's probably going to be something that's going to be needed to be worked on with the NCAA, but I think it's something that could be avoided because, I mean, we have to look right now. I mean, you have to look at UNLV. I mean, so far we haven't heard a ton of things come out from UNLV, either the football or college basketball side, at least recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really back in the day because I wasn't around, but um, at least recently about players taking on bets to throw games. And, and, and I think that's something where we have to look at, you know, uh, the NHL. I think that was a big proponent on why uh, this was you know voted on 6-3 to three recently is because you saw the Golden Knights. Again, there hasn't been a problem recently. Uh, gambling in Las Vegas is legal and and again, there was no incident so far um, with the NHL and with the Golden Knights that you know has, has surfaced um, where people are you know paying players to throw games. So mm-hmm. I think you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Congress, what what happens with the NCAA. But I think it's something that could be avoided, and if it is, it's just going to enhance the experience and make college football even better. Well, here's the thing that I'm thinking because of this: is this going to be because, like you said, this isn't an immediate decision? I think on. Um, the ESPN piece about it, there's like a handful of states, maybe like five or six of them, that can, they have the legislation right now, New Jersey, one of them. Pennsylvania, Delaware, the, Connecticut, Iowa, Mississippi, New York, and West Virginia, I think they, are the other ones. They have it to where maybe like in the next, was it two to three years they can have mm-hmm. um, this instituted. Then there's an, another group that where there's like 18 states Illinois that could have it. We're one of them that in the next five years yeah. we could get this. So. Yes, the can is down the road, but the first thing I thought of was if I'm the NCAA, well, not necessarily the NCAA, but my whole thing of if you want to avoid this eventually maybe being a problem, I think it all comes back to the debate about paying the players. And the reason why I say that is I don't have a worry about a NFL player or an MLB player or an NBA or like you said, the NHL with the Golden Knights necessarily throwing a game because it's like you know what you can offer me money but like the way contracts are right now especially like in the nba is it really worth it is it worth it to go through that when in my contracts i'm basically making more money than you can offer whereas a college kid and i'm gonna lean more towards college football with this yeah i mean if you're paying them nothing you come up to a guy maybe from SEC country, pay Florida the, LSU. Pay the kicker. Exactly. Hey, if, if you're in a situation, hey, man, I'll pay. Shake or quarterback, hey, you know what? I have a little bit of a lesser stellar game. I'll give you some money for it. Why not? Because the whole thing we've seen from players is, yeah, there have been some that saying, man, I love playing for this school. I love winning mm-hmm. a national championship. But when it's really like on the line, what do you think the player cares about more? Getting to the pros or winning at well, their school. Getting I, to the pros is the answer. I think the one thing that this, again, kind of boils back to, I mean, at least it, it, that we got to take it into mm-hmm. um, consideration, though, is even though it's made legal right now, yeah. um, you know, the Supreme Court striking it down, I mean, people are still able to offer them money to yeah. throw games, and we haven't seen an mm-hmm. incident, to my knowledge, um, of that recently since, like, 1997, mm-hmm. where, you know, players are being paid to throw games, even mm-hmm. if it's legal or not. I mean, it's still illegal to play pay a player, yeah. nonetheless, so I think that's something we also have to take into mm-hmm. consideration is the fact that it's still going to be illegal to play a player to throw a game, whether it's you know legal or not in the in the states or federal. And I mean, clients. I'm not saying like, oh, my God, this is going to be a huge problem. But the thing that I think about is if it becomes legal in more and more states, mm-hmm. that means that a more generalist population 
might get into this. Well, there's going to be more money. Oh, there's going to yeah. be more money, which is going to you know at least enhance the higher payouts. It, too. Yeah, it's going to enhance the you know at least you know people mm-hmm. to you know possibly play. Uh, pay players mm-hmm. to do so, but again, if you're if you're you know putting in five million dollars or whatever to, for Alabama to mm-hmm. beat Georgia in the national championship game, and you still have the extra money to say, hey, Papa Giannis or whatever the kicker's name was yeah. for uh, Alabama, I know it began with a P, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's you know the other five million dollars. You know, just miss miss a forty eight yard to the left, and yeah. you know if, if you if it's a, a three uh, you know three kick game or a you know, three point game, and just you know make sure uh, Georgia uh, Alabama wins this game. I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah. you kind of give us or you know, miss the I kick to make sure that you is not necessarily that, but what if it's like late in the year? It's a team where it's like, hey, you know what? Winning this game, we've already got a bowl game solidified. We're not going to be in college playoff discussion. What if someone, what if, and it's a lot of what ifs, what if someone offers that to like a kicker to a um, college quarterback? Because many of the situations we hear about are, hey, man, we're not getting paid. Like even in the NBA side, it's, hey, we're not getting paid for this full year, the one and done rule. When it comes to the two sports, though, the reason why I think the worry more is with college football is not because the whole like, oh, it's bigger, more money, but the thing is, when it comes to their playoff system and their whole everything, yeah. it's a lot smaller. Whereas March Madness, the reason why we haven't seen it is it doesn't matter because a team like Loyola can make a run and but, ruin everything. But for even then, anyway. I mean, you could just talk about it in like a, a if we're talking college basketball, mm-hmm. you could talk about it in a very a game at least game. hyper. Yeah, I mean, you look at UMBC. I mean, yeah. you you look at the Virginia kids. What if someone offers every kid on Virginia a million dollars just to throw the True. game? And they put everything else they have on UMBC. on UMBC. UMBC wins. You mm-hmm. pick a historic upset, and now you're you know you just tripled your money by mm-hmm. you know shelling out uh, twelve million dollars to the UVA team, and then yeah. you know you just want you know tripled your money on that UMC, UMBC win. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think the one thing though that we have to at least you know take into consideration as well is at least on the college basketball side, they're already being investigated by the FBI. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already looking into players getting paid illegally. So. You know, I, I think that's another concern on why we're looking more at college football. It's mm-hmm. just because of college basketball right now. There is that Microsoft currently being put, yeah. put on these players on if they're receiving money, if they're receiving benefits mm-hmm. um, through the school or not, um, or outside of the school through boosters. Mm-hmm. So the fact that if the FBI is already looking into, I think it's going to be very hard for that to really infiltrate college basketball, at least in the next couple Plus, of years. Plus, I mean, to be honest, between the two, if we're talking general population, I know there's diehard fans of both, but... Really, with college basketball, all the eyes are pretty much on it for, what, between, like, February and the first week of April when you get to that conference conference tournament, March Madness season. That's where all the eyes start to come, not just the diehard basketball fans or basketball fans in general. But but also, I mean, just look at March Madness and the the money that brings in. I mean, everyone's putting money in that Mm -hmm. into their office pool. So, I mean, like, that that, that corporate, I mean, March Madness alone is a trillion-dollar business. I think Mm -hmm. that's what TNT makes every single year. So even then, even though it's in a condensed and and, and at least – you know, short time period of March, you know, from March 15th, Selection Sunday, to mm-hmm. the end of April when the when the championship game happens, there's still that massive amount of money that's flowing in. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens again. I, I don't think it's going to be too big of a problem. Mm-hmm. Will we see cases of it? I think it's going to be, you know, definitely uh, possible. I don't want to write it off. But also, again, I mean, the FBI is definitely going to, you know, still, you know, and I meant the FBI, but the NCAA is probably going to do its best to keep that out. 
um, of its game. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be you know laws, and we don't know what laws are going to be passed by Congress or or even the federal or state. Um, you know, uh, at least governments to to at least counteract this. But I think it being legal might at least pull away from players possibly taking on benefits. I, I don't know. I think I'm just trying to see the best out well, of people. And like I said, the whole way to for me to avoid this is get to the point, compensate the players. And the thing that I was just going to ask you now is, do you think that this eventually down the line leads us to getting players compensated earlier rather than later and kicking that can down the road. I'm not sure if that's going to if if you know sports betting is going to help push college players being compensated. I think that's still probably 15 to 10 years uh, from being, you know, actually implemented if it ever going to be implemented. Um, and I don't think this really speeds it up because mm-hmm. again, it's not really about you know, paying the players, it's more about the integrity of the game. And it's still, I mean, it's not, it's not something where, you know, if sports betting becomes legal, um, you know, now people are just going to be like, the way I'm trying to phrase it is just at least, um, I think kids are going to take money no matter what they're going to be able to do. I mean, look, mm-hmm. let's use DeAndre Ayton for for a, you know at least a, an example. Um, if he's still getting money, like hundred thousand dollars, whatever it was rumored that he he got from Arizona, mm-hmm. and someone still comes and offers him money, it you know it's a higher DeAndre, amount. No, DeAndre Ayton's still going to make that hundred thousand dollars whether mm-hmm. they win or lose. So yeah. I mean, he's still going to take that money, mm-hmm. um, even if he you know players start getting compensated. You know, they still be able to add on to their total and just make with take that money mm-hmm. and run. So I mean, them winning a national championship, they're not going to see anything. Maybe that changes if they if they start getting compensated. But I think it's really just going to be based on if you play X amount. You know, if if you, if you play for a college team, you're going to make X amount of money. It's not going to fluctuate whether you win or lose because that'd be unfair, mm-hmm. especially with smaller programs. So you know, if, if kids are paid five hundred thousand dollars to to play college basketball for Arizona, that's not going to change whether you become a national championship champion or not um so you know no matter what it's still gonna be a a set income so you know like with with the nba nhl you know if you win that's how you're gonna help get you know your performance Mm -hmm. it's it's performance based but also if you you win you're gonna get incentives where you know if deandre ayton's making five hundred thousand dollars and he's no he knows he's out the door and someone says hey i'll give you a million to just have a bad game start missing some shots well you know i think think that's going to be something that really it doesn't really push the, the, the process forward. I Unless think. the, and this is just me spitballing here, because when you were saying that, the first thought that came to my mind was, all right, to counteract that is basically, let's say it's like, all right, this is how much you're going to get paid. However, if you, let's say, take a payment from someone to throw a game or anything, and we find out by you signing, because there would have to be a contract but, but for even this, that, I mean, by you signing this contract, if we find that to be true... You get everything taken away. But even then, if you're still found by doing that without or with or without a contract, you still get that taken away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still get your your college scholarship taken away. You still get kicked off the team, and you still at least hurt your chances to make money mm-hmm. at that next level. Yeah, I mean, so that that's still going to be in, in the mind. And then also, let's say DeAndre Ayton does that. Mm-hmm. Let's say DeAndre takes the money with without a contract. And we're from not Arizona. saying he would. We're no, just using again, him he's as just example. an example. This is completely because uh, I know someone's going to be like, figurative. Well, DeAndre Ayton completely. Like we'll, we'll use. Billy Buckingham from the Billy University of Buckingham. Butt Fuck Nowhere. Love it. Um, so, you know, Billy Buckingham, again, <laughs> this is a guy that's going to be a number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. The, you know, he's playing for Butt Fuck Nowhere University. <laughs> um, he, he He's seen as a number one overall pick. He's not getting paid because he just played for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, B, BFU, BFU. <laughs> um, in the national tournament. 
you know, if he takes a, a bribe to 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 at least you know. Uh, you know, throw a game that's still going to look bad, and that's honestly probably going to be taken into at least his his scouting report as well. Mm-hmm. Because now this is going to be something that's going to be factored into yeah. the NBA side. So mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, Billy Buckingham's scouting potential is now going to be hurt because well, he was already taking bribes before. Obviously, he can be bought for the right amount of money. That's going to be detrimental to our team because hey, maybe he might throw the game for us, but mm-hmm. also, I mean, that's still going to be a, a kid that we have to look at his integrity. That's going to be something we have to be you know search out through interviews. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these kids can be making life-altering decisions whether they're making money or not at the college level. So I don't really think this at least, uh, you know, uh, at least uh, speeds up the process of players getting paid in college. I think that's still going to be something that, you know, maybe is a factor, but I don't think it's going to be a main driving point that's going to push players to be getting paid in college. Well, and before I bring up this last point, you do know what happens whenever BFU wins a game, what they call, right? They just say they nope. gave the uh, big FU to the other team, man, and walked out of there with the W. But okay. the last thing I was going to kind of mention with the whole compensation thing, that's what we got into, is there was an article today that Jim Harbaugh is actually looking into compensating Michigan players. And what it says in the article is Harbaugh said the football program is looking into the idea of offering deferred composite compensation to players through avenues like all-access video series like the one Michigan did for Amazon last year. The producers of last season's behind-the-scenes show paid Michigan more than $2 million to film the team. Harbaugh said if the Wolverines decide to participate in another season of the show, he wants to see if the players can get a cut of that deal. And then what he exactly said was, we're exploring that right now. Can we get $1,000 of stock in Amazon, possibly for deferred compensation? We're just kind of wondering if it's possible. We don't know if it is yet. We're just asking these questions. I was going to ask you before I wrap everything up, what do you think about that? Something where it's like, hey, maybe if we get this streaming service to come in, get this behind-the-scenes access, using that to maybe compensate the players in some way. Amazon, I know that it was announced today that the Bulls are going to have a documentary on Netflix. Maybe these Netflix, Hulu, Amazon get into that game of, behind the scenes with different college programs. I don't really have a problem with players getting paid. So no, I don't I mean, either. I, I don't think this is a big deal if, if Amazon mm-hmm. does end up, you know, playing these players for being, you know, coming into their lives and doing it. I mean, these kids are going to, you know, at least, you know, be the subject of it. So they should be getting paid for mm-hmm. it. I mean, if, if I'm dedicating my time to something, I think I at least, you know, should be, be getting paid at some point, well, whether that is right it's away. Like it's a hard knocks yeah. thing or if it's in training. Yeah, camp. whether that's right away or even after I'm, I'm in college, Amazon yeah. should at least be, you know, compensating these players no mm-hmm. matter what. Like right now, go a little inside baseball. Well, maybe you don't want me to do this, but mm-hmm. right now we haven't gotten we haven't gotten paid for MVP. Oh no! For the past, Mar- yeah, go ahead, three, Mark has past basically pulled th- the curtain. Th- on this. Three years. What have we been doing this for? I, uh, November twenty fifteen. I would say July first of twenty fifteen is when we officially no, went hard in. Me though. Yeah, twenty sixteen. I, I, I started. Was it twenty sixteen? Because you were right after. I thought it was November twenty fifteen. Was it? What was your freshman year? 2015. Then, yeah, it was right yeah. after we did that. So, then, November, so, 2015. So, so, November 2015. I've been doing it since November 2015. Mm-hmm. Never received a dime. I received a t-shirt, no. which was nice. Thank not, you for that. Like, and none of but, us have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, pity me. But, like, yeah, no, yeah none I of us have. So, it's like something. But I, I expect if this takes mm-hmm. off, which I think it will, um, you know, for us to get paid down at some point. You know, I've been dedicating my time. At some mm-hmm. point, I think that work is going to, you know, lead to me getting paid. I think it should be the same for these college players. I mean, they are dedicating their time for this these Amazon programs. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're still going to be doing these same things with or without a camera, but you still at least have to, you know, 
at least, you know, represent yourself in a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be out there swearing like a sailor on Amazon, uh, you know, because you have to represent your school. It's going to be looking bad on you. You have to change your image and, and put on a public image for the whole, you know, practice that's going to be going on for, for all of, you know, the off season. Let's so put it this you should way. be getting paid and at least compensated. And you for just those. brought this into kind of my head is I started doing the podcasting thing about 2012 after I graduated college. Like I said, 2015 of July was when we're like, okay, we're going to start this, and that's the official start date of getting serious. But on Facebook, I'll get those things where it's like, hey, remember when you said this? And it'll be like pre-2012, yeah. and I'll just be like, I'll do one of these. <sighs> like, I just want to go back and punch myself in the face and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you putting this out to the world kind of a thing? And that just made me... Um, think about that when you were like, oh, how you uh, kind of represent yourself in a public image yeah. in that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of bad things <laughs> out there. I mean, I deleted every, all my tweets because mm-hmm. of that. Like, all my Facebook uh, posts deleted well, all of it because, like, God I don't I want 2009 representing Sean Anderson. Thank now. God I didn't use Twitter seriously until we started doing this to where I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, I won't be like that this time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but any final thoughts on this before we basically move on to the NBA draft for the rest of the show? Uh, not really. I mean, I th- I'm I'm excited for you know legal like ambulance mm-hmm. to be legalized, whether I partake or not, because I think it's going to be at least interesting to well, at least follow topic, more because people a are topic be... that you like to talk about. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I've always wanted to be you know, involved mm-hmm. with. Um, I know back in the college pick 'em days, I was gonna uh, we were gonna pick 'em with the spread. Yeah, I sent a whole thing to you, and even though it wasn't used, it was one of the funnest things I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was like three <laughs> hours of uh, work and stuff, it's it's at least fun just to see how you do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think now that you know it, it it's going to be introduced to the at least uh, you know not the degenerates anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. No offense, uh, I have a lot of family members who are degenerates. Well, it's uh, like Max Kellerman said, you know, who loses the most from this? The bookie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I think uh, again, it's, it's probably better because it's just going to enhance the experience. Mm-hmm. More people are going to be involved, and it's not going to be until you know Super Bowl Sunday where everyone's caring. It's going to be even the playoffs because now yeah. you're going to be able to put money on it, and maybe you have more pools and everything. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. What does sports betting mean? Well, legal sports betting mean for college sports, both football and basketball, or if you think it means anything for any other college sports, baseball, volleyball, swimming, diving. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Let's move on, though, into the NBA draft, what we're looking at for the rest of the show. And, Sean, what we're looking at right now is who could be a potential bust in this year's NBA draft. And I got to give some love to FKP. FK space P. It's not all one thing, but there's FK and then space and a P. He said on our who's the best wing outside Michael Porter Jr., he said, which draft picks are going to be complete busts? So we thought today, why not talk busts, then talk some sleepers? I'll let you start with your first guy who's a bust. Real quick. I just want to throw this out there. Okay. This is, we've done this before. All right, so like it wasn't le- it totally. Last year. It was it was fueled at least by by that comment just because. Oh yeah, for today. we came in and yeah. we were like, all right, we need we, you know, we have topics, but yeah, then you, for you today throw we're talking about bus. I would rather talk bus over Kyle Sexton versus Trey Young because you guys yeah. just did that. So I mean, this well, is, we this did is, it a long time ago. Yeah, this so is, this was going to be like a two point heated draft season, but we haven't talked busts like this in one topic. I'm gonna let you go first. 
Who who's one guy you're thinking bust city? Now does this have to be thinking or does this have to be Either for or. sure certain bust? Either or. Then it's DeAndre Ayton. Okay. I, I think that again Ayton is a physical monster. Uh, mm-hmm. This is and this is just thinking. I, I again this isn't based on. I, I still think teams should be picking him one one or two. Okay. Um, but again, this is just looking at the body of work and, and looking at the past. I know he's different than uh, you know players from before, but again there are similarities. Um, I don't know how much he'll be able to stretch the floor. I don't know how much he'll be able to adapt to the new NBA. I worry about his ability to protect the rim and be a defensive plus for a team. Mm-hmm. So if he is just a guy that's strictly going to be working on the low post, a guy that's going to be driving in from the left elbow and that's it, and possibly a guy that can you know use some low post moves and dominate inside, that's not what today's NBA is about. So, you know, maybe he is like a Jaleel Okafor, which Dave brought up last week. If he doesn't have that, um, at least drive, if he doesn't have that motor, he might just turn into Ja 2.0. And mm-hmm. let's look at Ja right now. Ja was a beast. He dominated in, in, at Duke. He dominated because of his size, because of his quickness, because of his athleticism. Yes, DeAndre Ayton is more of an athletic freak. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster than Ja was. But also, Ja was still a great athlete Going into college, he was a great athlete coming into the NBA, but he didn't have that motor to take him to the next level. If Aiton doesn't have that motor to, to take him to the next level, that's going to be something that is going to probably give him the label of the bus, uh, of being a bust because you could put up 15 in your first rookie season. But then if guys start to understand and put in the effort to at least learn your post moves and not and if you're not developing your game uh, as you grow as an NBA player this could be something that leads to your career falling off so again we don't know exactly that's why I'm not really going to say DeAndre Ayton's a bust um, but I will say that at least he does have at least signs of potential bust not saying he, it's going to happen but signs of a potential bust mm-hmm. um, again looking back at that Buffalo game as well there was a lot of pressure put on him, and he just wasn't able to do a lot. There was a lot of times in throughout the season as well where um, not even you know when the shots weren't falling, he was a negative defensively. So it's something where if his shots aren't falling, he's going to be a, 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 you know, at least a negative to your team. He can change that with the effort that he puts into once he hits the league, but it's something that is worrisome. We also talk about you know if if, if his defensive woes in college were just because he didn't want to be there, if he just wasn't trying enough, um, whether that was just because he wasn't motivated monetarily or if he just you know was waiting to go to the NBA. We talked about him possibly being a kid that jumps from high school to the NBA. Um, maybe once he hits the NBA, he'll finally kick that motor on and start to go. But if he doesn't kick that motor on and start to go, that's going to be something where I look at DeAndre Ayton, possibly a bust. Well, and the one thing that I was looking at is – one of the guys I was going to mention is fellow big Marvin Bagley. And the thing with eight, when it comes to eight and or mm-hmm. Bagley, I could potentially see either one of them being a bust. I'm not yeah. going out on the ledge and saying for sure, both of them are going to be a bust. But with Marvin Bagley, to me, the reason why I think he has bust potential is like you mentioned the whole jaw comparison. I offensively, the kid is great, and I know whenever we talk bad about Marvin Bagley, the bag fans down there, that's what I'm calling them, by the way, the bag fans, Horrible. come out. Well, you know how great we are with coming up with nicknames, right? Yeah, um, that was real they bad. Ju- they just come out and just start saying how much they love Marvin Bagley and how much we're down on Marvin Bagley, but to me it comes down to, yes, he is great offensively, but the thing you got to look into is – he dominated offensively because of his height compared to other college kids. Mm-hmm. Look at the Texas game, and I know this is a one-thing example. He was doing all right, 
but didn't dominate that game until Mo Bamba fouled out. But that Once, Mo, Mo Bamba fouled out like in the last like two minutes. Oh, I, think, I know, of but they want, like overtime. He dominated because there was no one else on that team mm-hmm. that could guard him, and that's the thing that I worry about for him at the next level. How's he going to do when some of these guys who've been in the NBA? First off, they've been there, so their bodies are bigger than you. They've had the time to devote to just their bodies to muscle up compared to you in college. But number two, his defense. Is it going to be something where he's so much of a defensive liability at the next level to where it's like, ugh, what's going on with Marvin Bagley? Because there are some people that looked late in the year where it was like, is he even the best big man on this Duke team, especially with Wendell Carter Jr.? So to me, Marvin Bagley's the guy I look at that could have bust potential within these big men. I think Bagley's a guy that can miss his ceiling, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to bust out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think he could be a guy like Marvin. Well, I think he could be a, a guy bust like Marvin. For him is it fallout or even if he's like, oh, he's an okay role player? Well, what are we talking? That's the thing is we got to probably define a bust too. Is, or, is are we talking bust where they're not in the league in the next five years? I would say or bust. Is a- it? I would say depending on what we what their expectation is. So, like, if this is a player that's expected to be a so star if, so and they're if, not a star, that's a bust. So, to if me. Aiden's not the second best player in this draft, he's a bust. Yeah, I would say so. So, if Bagley's not the second best, a third best player in the, the draft, he's a bust. Then, yeah, I mean, the, well, Bag, Bagley and Aiden can be. If there's a player that like, and I know it's a lot of different, but if Marvin Bagley is to me. Not a not necessarily a superstar, but if he's not a star, not a main one, two, three option, well, two, three option scoring wise for the team he's on, I would say that's a bust because to me, I think at the next level, he's going to be a little bit of a defensive liability for Without teams. Doubt. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting because Bagley again, you know, I think one positive that at least pushes him away from that bust label would mm-hmm. be again that motor david yeah. and dave you and i talked about it on the mm-hmm. fast break uh mock draft 5.0 check it out if you want to uh shameless plug uh <laughs> again bagley has a, an insane motor he, mm-hmm. he's so high energy this kid's gonna run up and down the floor he's gonna give it his all to try to win the game for your basketball team um that's something that i absolutely love and that's something again that teams are going to see and if he does have that talent um, you know, of being able to stretch the floor, it's going to be something that is is probably going to at least push him away from that bust label. Um, it's just, I think, one thing that's also that you don't think you brought up about Bagley is mm-hmm. some people might have the wrong impression that he's going to be a modern day stretch four. He's now, not. He's an okay now he's a, shooter. He's a guy that shot around thirty seven percent, thirty eight, thirty nine percent in three from college, but also. I mean, you have to also think he wasn't facing NBA-level defenders that were going to close out him at that three-point line that were going to make him take tough, contested shots. Mm-hmm. And also a big precursor, again, we've mentioned this a million times, a big precursor on how your three-point shot is going to do is that free-throw percentage in college, 63% from the line yep. for Marvin Bagley. So I think that's something, again, that you have to throw out there. That, again, maybe maybe our expectations, maybe the scouting mm-hmm. report is wrong on Marvin Bagley. I think he's still going to be an NBA pro. I still think that he's going to have a fairly decent career as long as he's He's not injured. Maybe you know, ten, nine years uh, of being a, a, a starter, or mm-hmm. maybe even you know, a first, first seven guy off the bench. Um, so maybe the expectations might be sh- uh, a well, little that, strange from, that from, plays Bag- into it from too. Bagley. But I think at least comparing the two, Aiton and Bagley, I, I think Aiton has higher bust of mm-hmm. just 
being out of the league in five years. Again, maybe like a Hashim Thabit, maybe mm-hmm. maybe like uh, you know some of the big men we've Jesus seen bust Christ, before. I forgot about Hashim Thabit. Yeah, you can't really do that. <laughs> uh, at least because which is I'm, funny because you're wearing a shirt. That, that's why I was saying I can't forget that. Uh, but yeah, again, I'm just I was throwing a guy out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg Oden was a different case because yeah. of because of his whole yeah his old uh, injury situation. Um, so. I think that at least Aiton has more of a potential to mm-hmm. bust out completely, but Aiton also has a way higher ceiling, and, and I think he has more polish to his game than Bagley does. That's why he's been, uh, I think he was just my number one overall pick in, in the mock draft 5.0. Well, and I mean, it all depends, and that's why I'm glad you brought up to, like, what is a bust? Because are we talking, like, are we talking Anthony Bennett type of bust where number one pick Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think Aiton has more of an Anthony Bennett type yeah, bust or, or a Jamarcus Russell like, type bust. What I think for Marvin Bagley, though, if I would have to um, compare it to anything is I'm going to say, I know this is the same draft class as job, but more like a D'Angelo Russell type of bust where it's like digital Russell's not a bust I would say well no what I'm saying is for the team that he drank like he might be a next guy team where it's like all right he's pretty good for that next team but it's like man this team like let's say the Grizzlies because that's Mm -hmm. where we mocked him at four a team like the Grizzlies drafts him and like fans just look back and go man we should not have fucking taken Bagley man like that was a bust for us like maybe not a like great acting player, of being a Memphis a Grizzlies fan. You really, you really sold me there. Well, I'm not I thought a I was in the room Grizz- with a Memphis Grizzlies fan. I'm not Grizzly a Memphis Grizzlies fan. But, like, it depends on what level of boss. And that's what I think Marvin Bagley's will be because of, like you said, the expectations that everyone has for him. What will it be when he gets to the next level? Are you solidified on, on Bagley being a bust? Because, I mean, this whole no. thing is about him being a bust. I'm not solidified, but then there's a who are ch- your, high chance in my Who are your for sure busts? <sighs> and, and don't throw me like, oh, I think Kata B8 stop is going to be no, a complete bust. I who mean, do you think is going to be a complete bust? Who do you think is totally overrated? I don't know if there's anyone. Like, I don't know if there's anyone in the top 10 or even in the lottery that I think is a complete bust. The first guy that comes to my mind, there's two of them Robert Williams or Lonnie Walker. I think Ooh, people are Lonnie, come on. like I think that people are way too high on these two guys, and they could be potential. Like those would be the guys that I would say if I'm putting my name on who's going to be a bust. It'll what, be what Robert, about Robert Williams? Like gives you the bust. Well, with Robert idea. Williams, it comes down to for me the thing we talk about is his energy, going for loose balls. Is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to contribute offensively? Is he going to be a full-rounded character, th- full-rounded player, or is it just going to be, hey, we're putting him out there to be a high-motor guy to chase he, down he's loose not, balls? I don't think he's going to be a, a full-rounded player, mm-hmm. but I think, again, the, the reason why you're drafting Robert Williams is because of his uh, at least maybe near-elite defensive potential. Mm-hmm. And then also you add the motor, you add the, the energy that he's going to be able to bring. If he had a full-rounded game, if people saw that full-rounded game— then he would be in the top ten. I mean, mm-hmm. that's this is a kid that again his his motor is is uncontested. It's, it's maybe a little even higher than Bagley's. And you look at his wingspan, you look at his defensive abilities already in college. That's going to be able to translate over. So I, I think that's something, especially being undersized and mm-hmm. doing what he did at Texas A and M. I think that's a for sure clean transition. It's just maybe again your expectations are different. I think he's at least going to be able to come in and be a great defensive center in the NBA because mm-hmm. he's got the size, he's got the length, he's got the motor, everything that you need, even the, the the foot speed, to at least stay in front of NBA centers today. I think he's going to be a perfect small ball center in this league. I think a guy that kind of, you know, maybe screams bust a little bit and he's in, in some people's top 10 
is a guy like Miles Bridges. I, I, I loved you, him. I knew you were going to bring him up. Well, I, lo- I, I loved <laughs> him last year, but again, I didn't see a, a huge development in mm-hmm. his game. And I think there's guys, uh, again, maybe a little bit lower that do very similar things that are younger. Like Zaire like, Smith, like, like Kevin, a Kevin Knox. Knox. Uh, I think Kevin Knox more than Zaire Smith, yeah. um, but uh, Kevin Knox, a guy that's a little bit younger um, than a guy like Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, Miles isn't deadly athletic. He isn't uh, going to be possibly a, a deadly three-point shooter. He might be a guy that lives in that DeMar DeRozan range, at least pre-2018, uh, 2017, where DeMar you know, started at least, you know, uh, the Toronto Raptors started yeah. shooting threes a little bit more. But at least DeMar's main game, Early on in his career, and mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago as well, was mainly mid-range games. I think that's where Miles Bridges is going to land, but he's not the same athlete as Demar Derozan is, and I think that's going to be something that possibly leads to him being a bust. Where if you take him at ten mm-hmm. and Kevin Knox is you know picked fifteen or, or fourteen by the Nuggets, then and, and Kevin Knox again is this younger player who's doing much more for your team because he's hitting those outside threes. Nicole Jokic is dishing off dimes to him, and he's he's you know he's putting up fifteen points a game. Where Miles Bridges is a guy coming off the bench playing 16 minutes for you putting up you know seven points a game like that's something that that, that would be absolutely screaming bust to me is you missed on a guy mm-hmm. who plays the same position younger has more potential why didn't you pick Kevin Knox like it's something that he fit the need he's younger why wouldn't you go with him I think that's I something just, that again Miles compared to his uh, counterparts um, in Kevin mm-hmm. Knox and, or possibly even Zaire Smith could be a guy that you look back at and be like, why did he go so high, even mm-hmm. though he was great at Michigan State and was a leader? Like, I mean, I don't, me personally, I don't. Maybe it's because I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping that Miles Bridges doesn't bust. Well, I'm not the next hoping level. any of these guys bust. But I don't have like, a vendetta against any of these guys. Like, okay, I'll give you this answer because I gave you like my first year was Robert Williams. The two guys in the top 10, well, top 10 ish or lottery area that I could see being the most potential bust is. Miles Bridges for sure because it's like yeah he can finish at the basket but really it's his defensive effort is a question you know when he's passing is he's not a amazing passer he's kind of an all right passer which I mean there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that but when you look at the three now what are we looking for in a three in today's NBA and to me when you are an ex- when I see on your draft profile explosive finisher around the basket. But then for your miscues or your negatives, I see rarely draws fouls due to sloppy handles. I go, that's a problem. Like, if you're finishing around the basket, you should be drawing fouls because you're drawing contact and getting to the line. I think that the two in the lottery that are the most bust potential, like Marvin Bagley, the one I threw out is just me personally, but Miles Bridges and then the big one, we always talk about them. Michael Porter Jr. I thought you were going to throw out Trey Young. No, Michael Porter Jr. because well, of that injury and what will that make him in today's NBA? I, think we, I know we got to wait for this week with the I combine. I think we have to at least talk about him in a different light. I think I think mm-hmm. if we're talking bust, we should be talking about guys with right now what we think is no red flags. Mm-hmm. Like at least guys at least that are going to be bust because of what they're going to do on the court. Michael Porter Jr. I think he's mm-hmm. he's going to be a bust again. What he's what he what he's dealing with off the court, well, technically yeah. on the court as well. But again, something that he's trying to. You know, it's his health that's a big thing. I hate when people call guys like Greg Oden bust because, yeah, he didn't live up to that number one overall um, ranking. He also you mm-hmm. know, was picked right in front of Kevin Durant, who's a generational scorer, but also his legs, one leg was shorter than the other. I mean, like this guy was built to break down. Maybe Michael Porter would be living in that same range. It's tough for guys to you know call like Jay Williams a bust as well mm-hmm. because Jay Williams, again, 
out of outside of a circumstance, I, I, maybe not. I, I wasn't around too much, but I know he got in a motorcycle accident and yeah. wasn't able to play for the Chicago Bulls. Um, so again, like these guys were, you know, Michael Porter Jr. If he's not going to be a great NBA player mm-hmm. because of his injury, I feel like he's living in a different territory than a guy like you know maybe Trey Young if you think he's going to be a bust, mm-hmm. or a guy like Marvin Bagley if you think he's going to be a bust, Miles Bridges if you think he's going to be a bust well, because Porter really can't control his health. He could try to get healthier, but if this is going to be a chronic back injury that doesn't really uh, subside, then that's going to be something that's really not in his let control, me, even if he throw, tries his best to get healthy. Let me throw this at you then, and it's because you said let's look at a let's look at maybe a guy who we think has limited to no red flags, and that's why I'm going to throw out this player. And there's a ton that goes into it. I'm basically throwing you a loaded grenade, Luka Doncic, because. How is he going to be in the NBA? Can he? What he's doing in the Euro League? Will that be enough against like mm-hmm. on defense? The thing that I worry about when it comes to Luca is, yeah, he's a pretty good defender, but the athleticism that you see from like a Dennis Smith Jr. or a even hell a Terry Rozier in mm-hmm. Boston, like, are these guys going to start but, blowing past him? And will he be able to do enough to maybe be, I'll say, Steph Curry like towards like? All right, we don't worry about Steph's deficiency on defense because he makes up but, for it but being Steph amazing good, on offense. But Steph is good enough defensively. Yeah. I think Luka He's not will be amazing. I think Luka would be good enough. Okay. Who was the first player you threw out there? You said Terry Rozier was the second one. Who was the first? One I you said threw the out there? first one was Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith, because I think like last I mean, year he was the see, main. The thing with like the, a and Fox. with those two, with all three of those players mm-hmm. that you just named, Luka's four inches bigger than them. Yeah. He has a larger wingspan than those guys. And I'm talking He'll about be the speed to, to get past them. But that's that's first step. But also. Yeah. You're going to have that space in between that one player to mm-hmm. at least at least take that step back and then get in front of him. Again, the whole point is is if you're trying to talk about blowing past uh, mm-hmm. an assignment, uh, then maybe not. But also, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't have that athleticism. But also, again, Luca's is going to be able to at least you know possibly get an arm out, possibly mm-hmm. misdirect these players to slow them down. I think Luca can again do enough to be a good defender, or at least a serviceable defender in the NBA. And again, I think people have such a big worry about. Uh, international players, but I think it's not because of their defense. It's more about how will their offense translate mm-hmm. over. But Luca again has been in a professional league since 2015, 2016. He's pretty much a junior when you look at him. If he was, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at him, at least this is his college career. He's, he's like a, a junior overseas. Yeah, he's yeah. a junior overseas, um, pretty much. And this is a kid that again has dynamic ball skills that can mm-hmm. shoot from the outside. Again, he needs to work on his shot creation. He also needs to at least work on becoming more consistent from deep. But he has at least all the tools. His jump shot really isn't broken. It's not like a guy like you know Lonzo or Hell will mm-hmm. even say. Um, you know Ben Simmons yeah. out there. His jump shot isn't broken. He needs to be tweaked and refined a little bit. But mm-hmm. what he has right now is the basis of a good jump shot. Um, so I mean, he'll be able to contribute there offensively. Um, uh, offensively, again, uh, you know, people talk about his ball handling skills. That's top notch. It's not really touched in this draft. Maybe Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young might be a little bit of a, better of a ball handler, mm-hmm. but still, like if we're talking about a six eight guard compared to a six two guard, I'll take Luka Doncic's ball handling skills because of his bigger body. Um, so. I don't think Luca is really a bust, and again, I think Luca as the safest pick in this draft because he's going to be able to do so much for you offensively. He's going to bring uh, uh, the the motor that you want in a pro. He's going to bring the mindset of a pro already to your team. He's going to bring the leadership because we've seen him hit so many big shots uh, in the Euro League so far. I mean, this is a kid that I think is is maybe not bust. 
proof, mm-hmm. um, like a guy that you know maybe like Ben Simmons was uh, back in 2015. But I think he is probably the safest thing you have to a for sure starter for the next 10 years. The other guy I would throw in there is probably Mikael Bridges for at least mm-hmm. being a for, for sure starter in the next 10 years in the NBA. Maybe they won't be great. Maybe Luka, if he goes number one, we look at you know a guy like uh, Marvin Bagley or DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton being absolute stars. Luka will at least be a starter. Maybe he makes one all-star appearance, but I, I think Luka for sure is at least going to be a starter for an NBA team, whatever NBA team drafts him. And also, I think he can be a guy that's going to be super, super well, valuable to a team, especially when it comes to the postseason, if his team makes it there. And I think Luka's biggest problem will be is... First off, where he gets drafted by. Like, if he gets drafted by the Suns at one, I will throw almost all my bus concerns out of the way when it comes to Luka, mainly because the coach at Phoenix, I feel, knows Luka and knows how to put him Mm -hmm. in successful situations. The thing I worry is if he gets drafted by a team and then a coach tries to make him something he's not. But I I don't— see where he would fail in that though mm-hmm. i mean you might I, like if you make him your number one point yeah maybe he won't be a, 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 a tr- he's not a true point guard uh in, in what you want but i don't think he'll fail exactly mm-hmm. um and i don't think any coach is going to be like all right he's our number one scorer because that's just not who luka Doncic is mm-hmm. it's not going to be hard for a t- person to at least understand his game he, and what he brings thing. to the nba hold on it's not going to it's, it's not going to be really what he brings to the nba that's going to be hurt mm-hmm. i think maybe if they start running him in the wrong sets then that could possibly end up hurting him but i think luka is a guy that again does everything at least very well mm-hmm. um which i think will be able for him to at least you know kind of be a chameleon at least fit to most teams in the nba and you know obviously having the connection that he does with igor it'd be very nice for him to step into Phoenix and, and at least slide next to Devin Booker. But I think uh, as well as, you know, uh, him having a chameleon of a game, he mm-hmm. also, again, does have that professional mindset. He's been playing with former NBA pros. He's been playing against former NBA pros. He just played with Goran um, in, in Eurobasket 2017 along with Igor when he was coaching Slovenia. So, I mean, this is a guy, again, in, in Luka that I think can fit most NBA teams. That's why I think he's pretty much bust at least the safest pick in the draft. I'm not going to say bust. Per I'll ask you this, though. Safest pick in the Where's draft. his line? Because obviously, like we've said before, a bust doesn't necessarily mean out of the league Anthony Bennett style based off of his I'll say hype where he's expected to go what we think about him mm-hmm. for Luca where's that line to where if he's this or lower then he'll be a bust I think if he's if he's comes in he's you know like Mario Hazonia uh because I think that was something someone that our patron mm-hmm. Jake uh, at least throughout there, because again, they played for uh, the same team over in the EuroLeague, um, and, and they played for about a year. Uh, Luca played, I think, four years of uh, professional pro um, in, in over overseas, where mm-hmm. Mario played three. Um, but it's something where if he's a Mario Hazonia, where Hazonia is getting his club option declined, where it was pretty much a free year for the Orlando Magic to control this young player, who's yeah. twenty three years old. I think maybe that would be his bust, but. Again, people throw out that Hazonia thing, but again, Luca in his second year with fully with mm-hmm. with, with his team uh, in, in the Euroleague, he played sixty seven games, averaged nineteen uh, minutes per game, put up seven points per game, also threw in uh, three point seven assists, grabbed four point four boards. In Hazonia's final year, uh, and that was 2014-2015, uh, played 15.4 minutes per game, 5.8 points, 1.2 assists, 2 rebounds. So Luca, not even in his final year, um, in his you know, second year compared to Hazonia's second year, blew Hazonia out of the water. So mm-hmm. what Luca is doing hasn't really been seen by an international prospect 
so far. I mean, this is Luca is technically one of the first of his kind. So I, I don't think it really is fair to compare him to old international players that have come through the the NBA so far. I think again, this is something where uh, uh, Luca, the way he fails is if he is not living up to that hype. If he doesn't show any of it, he's missing a shot, shooting like under 30% from three, mm-hmm. not able to score, not able to get his shots off, just absolutely looking lost on the NBA court. If he's not, though, I think this kid is, again, going to be able to adapt to the NBA very quickly and at least be a starter for the next 10 years. One last person you're thinking about we did not mention, and my just throwing this out to get you to say Trey Young. Ah. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking Lotto, mm-hmm. if I if I have to say one more player, I'd say anywhere someone you're thinking that could be a bust. One one I'll throw. If we're talking Lotto, mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw Mo Bamba out there. Okay. Uh, over Trey Young, I think Mo Bamba has a lot to work to a lot of work to do to become a great NBA player. Where I think Trey Young, if he's put in the right system, can be a great NBA player mm-hmm. no matter his size. Um, the other guy I will throw out there that probably is is a little bit of a bust could be a bust. Um, you can throw the two high schoolers in there, Anthony Simmons and Mitchell Robinson, because we don't know what they're going to bring. Mitchell was who um, I was going to mention. I think the the other two guys that I will say, um, I'll say two for sure, bust. Um, Chandler Hutchison from uh, Boise State, soft, mm-hmm. uh, small forward. I don't think he's a good enough shooter to be in the NBA. Um, he hasn't been in my uh, mock drafts in, for, in a while. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. be a guy that that, that uh, comes in and, and becomes a, a great NBA player. I think he's probably going to bust. Um, and then also I will throw out Troy Brown. I know he's very athletic. He's a guy that's been... Yeah, very athletic, um, but I, I don't know if he is ready yet for the NBA. Um, and I think that's going to be a guy that you got to watch out for. Maybe his athleticism is there <laughs> enough. Maybe his shot isn't as bad as it was this year at Oregon. But um, I think he's a guy that uh, he might be picked just because of his athleticism. And he might not pan out. Watch him be the next Donovan Mitchell, though. Well, because I say that. This is where you guys come in. Let us know down below. What do you think about the players we threw out that could be potential busts? And also, who do you think? That we didn't mention could be a potential bust. Mo Wagner, too. If he goes in the first round, total bust. Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to. because well, I'm I, looking most, at ESPN's rankings right now. They have Mo Wagner at 29. Okay. I looked total at, bust I looked at Tankathon. He was in the second round. I was like, okay, second yeah. round pick. I'll take on Mo Wagner. No, but like they have Jonte at 36 mm-hmm. and then uh, Mo Wagner at 29. Like, that's a mistake if yeah. that happens. If, well, if, he's picked, I mean, if Mo Wagner's picked 29 and Jonte's picked 36, that's a mistake. In our 4.0 mock draft, I had Mo Wagner going right at 30 just because he declared. Yeah. And because the Hawks, whatever, mm-hmm. take whoever you want there. But let us know what you guys think down below about potential busts in the NBA draft. But, Sean, let's end the podcast going from busts. We're going from the lows mm-hmm. to the guys we think can be really high. However, it's a little bit flipped. These are guys that will probably be drafted too low. And what they do at the next level will be very, very high. If you didn't check out our busts and you're on the YouTube Go and check out, it's going to be right above Sean's head, our bust video after you obviously check out this one. But I'll go to you first, although I've got my, my first one lined up. Who's your first sleeper in the NBA? Do you want me to go in order, like, top top guys? to, Or do sure. you want me to start like, in the go, middle of the I was going to go with, like, dirt. whoever, but I'm still starting with my top sleeper. Okay, well, I'm going to go with my top sleeper, but not based on where he'll la- land in the, the draft. So I'm not okay. saying, like, I'm going you know, the first sleeper that I think will be taken I'm, off the board. I'm thinking the guy that's going to have the, like, is, is like a total sleeper that's mm-hmm. probably should be taken in the first round and okay. might, won't be. Um, it's going to be 
Ellie Okobo, I hope I'm saying okay. that right, uh, French point guard uh, from overseas. This kid has a very slick-looking shot. He's got a very nice ball-handling abilities, has the potential to be a nice passer in the mm-hmm. NBA, and this kid can shoot. I mean, this kid might be international Trey Young, um, if you want to use that. Very mm-hmm. similar build, 6'2 guard, um, can shoot from deep, has a very nice flowing shot, comes off his hands super nice. Quick guy, I think it's a you know some people might look at him because hey uh, you know Frank Nikitalina, uh a, a guy you know French guard just recently came over complete opposite of what Frank is Frank was a defensive monster had uh, unreal wingspan and, and and height to go with his d- defensive ability. Eli Okobo, again, a smaller guy, 6'2", possibly a 6'8 wingspan from what I've seen. Um, but he's a guy that I think could step in and possibly be a, an NBA guard that that lights it up. Maybe in the the, the vein of a Dame Lillard, maybe mm-hmm. not to that that expert uh, to that uh, to that uh, height, um, but maybe a guy that comes in, drops 16 points per game for an NBA team, and is a very efficient three point shooter. I think Eli Okobo could be a very nice uh, player in the NBA. I think he should be going in the first round. No, I know that. I think he was actually one that you guys had going. You and Dave. At least had going like the Bulls. One of you guys had him going to the Bulls Hello. at 22, yeah, and he's one that intrigues me only because, like, in this NBA, if you can shoot the three ball really well, I'll take a look at you because the three ball you live and die by it in this NBA. But my big thing is, and this is me personally, I am one of the people that has the stipulation about Euro players, and I know that that's something that some people like. Dave is one of them that's like, get that out of your head. But I just, I can't shake it. I can't shake having that worry of well, how it's going to be when he comes, if he it's, comes it's over. It's something that's just going to have to, you know, change exactly. Over it's going to have to be, yeah, it's going to be something that's going to, you know, the players are going to mm-hmm. have to come over and be more consistent for that to change for for most fans in the NBA. We, you know, I mean, even though we think Luca's a for sure thing, there's still mm-hmm. people that, you know, comment on well, our like, videos. Look at Chris saying that. No you know, one knew he would be what he was. No, and I mean, even then, I mean, Chris career might not be as great as it should be because mm-hmm. of his injuries. Um, so again, we might not still have that next European star that takes us into the, the next light. I think Luca is probably the guy that's going to be there, but I think Ali could be a guy mm-hmm. that really sleeps on some people and, and really impresses. Now, the guy that I was going to throw out is this guy's going to be taken in the first round. However, I think he is going to be a guy that I think is taken criminally low in the first round. He's a guy that I had right at the tail end of our lottery in our lottery mock mm-hmm. draft, and that's Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton. I love this guy because if you're talking about Mikhail Bridges and you're like, you know what, I really want him for his 3 and D Kyrie Thomas, to me, is like the, I don't want to say budget Mikhail Bridges, but he is the lesser Mikhail Bridges, meaning he's going to be drafted lower than Mikhail Bridges, but can do the similar things that Mikhail Bridges can. They're both juniors, both have that mature outset on things. He's an elite perimeter defender, can turn that defense into transition offense. Yeah, his dribble might not be the best, but I see it as, you know what, I'm going to lock down the guy here, get a steal, and then I'm going to toss it up to that quicker player who's already running down the court to try to get a transition basket. And although the the negative is he's got to increase his range, knockdown three-point shooter. Like, mm-hmm. give me that. A guy who is a knockdown, spot-up three-point shooter can lock down a guy at the other end. I'll take that even if it's at, like... They're saying, like, some say 26, some say 23. I would take that at 14, 15, 16, maybe even 13 if I'm a team that wants a 3 and D player. Yeah, I'm not too 
massively high on him. Mm-hmm. I think, again, I, I think you might be overrating his offensive game a little bit in my mind. I think, again, he does have that ability Defense to Defense is be, what he's number yeah, one. I think, again, naturally he's going to be a, a mm-hmm. good defender in the NBA, but I wonder what his ceiling is going to be. Maybe he turns into a Terry Rozier. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he turns into a Marcus Smart, where he's going to be a key contributor. But I think, again, we look at both those players, even Avery Bradley. I mean, we, we see Boston change a team. Mm-hmm. So if he if Kyrie's go, you know, going to Boston, then hell, maybe he does become uh, the next great thing. Um, but I think if he's not on the right team, I don't know if he's going to be able to develop that offensive game to take him to the next level and be a great guard. I think you know if he comes in and is a, is a good a defensive guard off the bench, I think that's totally fine where he's going to be picked mm-hmm. at 26. Um, you know, you had him slotted 14 in the lotto. Yep. I think that's based on this kid's going to develop his offensive mm-hmm. game behind a three-point shot that's even, you know, and even that three-point shot being near 40%. Um, I, I think he might not have a smooth transition into the NBA. Again, the numbers he put up to uh, put up were you know pretty decent but also this kid was an older player um at Creighton I think he was a junior yep. uh, might be wrong there but uh, no, again, you're right uh, junior at Creighton again not against top level competition mm-hmm. might not be able to translate over um you know we look at Donovan Mitchell his success at Louisville I wasn't too high on Donovan Mitchell I was dead wrong maybe I'm wrong about Kyrie Thomas but also Donovan Mitchell was doing what he was doing at Louisville and had uh, elite athleticism coming into this draft I don't think Kyrie ha- Thomas has that elite athleticism to mm-hmm. really help him become a defining player in this NBA draft class um, so Kyrie Thomas I still look at him as a defensive player if you think he's going to develop that that offensive game though absolute sleeper because again his how, defense is already there how I look at Kyrie Thomas is and this is the one thing that kind of makes me a little nervous is like when I just pulled up on the ringer what they said one of the last things on his positives was models game after Kawhi Leonard and I go no don't don't compare him to someone that great because now you're setting the ceiling up here. And if they, he doesn't hit that, they, then it's, just because a, he, it's a loss. That's saying he models <laughs> his game. That's not saying he is like I, Ka- Kawhi Leonard. I just get worried with that because that's how some people may see that. But, I mean, with Kyrie Thomas, I'm not saying he's going to be this player when I mention him. But, to me, if I was a coach, I could say I could mold this guy into be our version of Clay Thompson. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, Clay Thompson being a guy who – can hit from the outside if he extends that range a little bit and can be a defender at the two to where I can say, you know what, you're going to be the guy. Like, you're going to be the one we match up on number ones because of what you bring defensively to the table. I will throw this out there, and this is going to be a guy that's I'm, I'm interested to watch, mm-hmm. and I want to give a shout-out to uh, somebody on Twitter because okay. we're, I'm just going to go on my next— Go ahead. My next, uh, my, my, my next sleeper. But uh, it's, it's going to be a guy that has been at least— uh, giving me the nudge because he's going to be at the mm-hmm. NBA Draft Combine coming up. Um, and I believe it's our buddy uh, uh, Negro Adamas. It is. Uh, he, he's big on this kid, Billy Preston. He's been playing overseas and was playing for Kansas. He was, yeah, Kansas. Um, I was going to say that. Up, ended up uh, uh, leaving Kansas and playing overseas. Uh, our, our buddy, biochemist, uh, mm-hmm. Negro Adamas on Twitter. Uh, go follow him if you want to. Uh, this guy is is, is six ten with the possibility of being a decent ball handler and shoot from the outside. Um, he has a ton to gain at the NBA Combine, really not much to lose. And if he comes out and is absolutely dominant at the Combine, shows that six ten range, he could be a sleeper in that second round. I know people were big on uh, on uh, what's his name uh, uh, Jonah Bolden from mm-hmm. uh, UCLA um, and also played overseas um, in last year's draft class. He was selected in the second round. And so far, has been doing well in the Sixers um, organization. Billy Preston might be that guy in the second round where because he has that body type because he has that athleticism because he has that ability to a ball handle at 6'10 and possibly even stretch out some some uh you know behind the three-point line 
Billy Preston can be a guy that people sleep on, and he doesn't go in the first round. He could be end up being a first round talent. Well, so I'll throw Billy Billy uh, Billy Preston out there just because I, I was given the the well, edge because of Negro Adams, but also I mean, an, so far his tape is a little bit impressive. He's an interesting one because I feel like all right, I'm going to get a little preachy here, and I don't mean to. Um, the only reason why I think he is in sleeper category is because of something negative that happened to him that he put himself in that situation where back in November there was an on-campus accident and um, a one-car on-campus accident, which they questioned, how did you get the car? Because I guess it wasn't his car exactly. That's why I never played a game at Kansas besides mm. one exhibition game. So Wouldn't go like, play Bo- in, in Bosnia, Exactly. Yeah. Um, for... For Preston, though, that's where I kind of toe the line where it's like, yeah, where you're at right now, probably a sleeper. But it's like, are you only a sleeper because you technically put yourself in this situation? You never have that incident. You're playing at Kansas. You're one of the guys we're talking about in the lottery and such, and you're not a sleeper. So that's the only thing that I kind of go, eh, when it comes to Billy Preston. But right now where he is... Mm-hmm. Could be a sleeper in this NBA. Well, draft. and I'm not too worried about what he he did at least, um, mm-hmm. you know, at, at Kansas because again, it, these kids are young. They yeah. might do something stupid, and and that that if he's mm-hmm. able to at least go to Bosnia, at least understand what he did wrong at Kansas, and then at least you'd be able to grow from it. I don't think that's too much of a red flag because kids are going to do stupid things, mm-hmm. especially a guy um, who goes to Kansas. Um, I don't know his background, but again, if this is his first time away from home, the first time being able to be treated like a star, you know, mm-hmm. feel like a big man on campus, and it goes to his head, maybe this is a wake-up call for a kid. I understand you know, it could, yeah. it's a total red flag, but if, it's something that I think can also grow, mm-hmm. grow away from it. It's not like he's got drug problems from what we know of. It's yeah. not like he's got alcohol problems like we know of. It's not like a Johnny Manziel situation. It could just be a bonehead decision, mm-hmm. like let's say a Baker Mayfield did, where yeah. you know Baker obviously was able to prove mm-hmm. that over his years at Oklahoma that he's a great football player, and maybe he just you know had one bonehead decision where you know, saying, Baker ran from the cops. Billy Preston had that one car incident, and that's it. I'm not saying that this is like oh red flag undraftable. I just have the idea of you put yourself in this situation, so you shouldn't be a sleeper, but you are because of mm-hmm. maybe a choice that you would have made. Guy that I'm thinking about is a guy out of, let me see if I'm going to get the school right. Yeah, I am. Penn State. Tony Carr. Carr. I love this kid. You didn't shut up I love him him so much. Like, he is a guy who, he has the size for the guard position. He can spot up from three. He's, like, you talk about pick and roll at the next level. He can do that. The only thing is, will that three-point shot translate to the NBA? Because, you know, the line is back a little bit. I love this kid. I think that he is not going to be anything like, oh, man, he's the starting point guard for our team. But at best, I think he can be a guy who, you know what, we drafted him in the second round. He's our sixth man, or he's that solid point guard coming off the bench when our point guard needs a little bit of a breather. But like his top end to me, solid sixth man, solid role player for a team that they can get in the second round. Yeah, he's going to be an interesting guy. I just don't think he's going to. And I, I know you he's, he's your translate? sleeper. Not at all. I mean, we, I, I think he's a guy that maybe you know is in the league for three years. I think he's a guy that, again, I mean, he is six, three, we, we so look I at mean, these college kids, and, and, and there's consistently those mm-hmm. guys that have great offensive outputs. I mean, he's going to need to drastically develop his game. He's going to yeah. need to show that he's more than just a guy that drove and, and scored at the bucket. Mm-hmm. And, and again, most college kids these days can shoot a decent percentage from yeah. three, and it doesn't mean too much. Much mm-hmm. for them college scores you need to be able to show like a ton to your game to be able to be seen 
as a, a next level pro. I didn't see a ton in Tony Carr's tape where I'm like, this kid is for sure a next level pro. Um, I think that's something that's going to hold him back. Uh, so, you know, Tony Carr, while he did have some nice and impressive showings in college, um, I know that he was a leading scorer for Penn State for a while. Um, there's nothing that really jumps off the tape for me that says, yeah, this kid's an NBA pro. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, again, he had some nice moments at Penn State, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to be like, yeah, for sure, next level, he's an NBA pro. So I, I don't know if it's something, again, that you saw mm-hmm. specifically, consistently, that you think is going to translate over, but I think he's just too small for the NBA and he's not a guy like uh Trey Young where Trey Young will be able to work off the ball uh you know shoot from mean, 40 Trey feet Young out is a, Trey Young's open as soon as he walks well, into the gym and also Trey Young has uh, elite passing abilities mm-hmm. where Tony Carr um again I don't see that elite passing abilities I, he's probably gonna be a round two pick mm-hmm. um even then I don't know what his NBA career is gonna hold like I mean I think of his upside and this might be he's <sighs> not exactly the type of play but like his upside to me is maybe what Jordan Clarkson was or is right now, where it's like, hey, you know what? You're our two-point guard on this team. You come in with the second unit, um, more like Clarkson with the Lakers, where Mm -hmm. you come in with our second unit, you're that change of pace, um, can hopefully translate that three but can drive to the basket, but he's not going to be the main guy in a starting lineup for an NBA team. Who's another one you're thinking about? Um, threw out Billy Preston. I threw mm-hmm. out uh, my boy Eli Okobo. Also want to throw out there, uh, Eli was uh, finished second in voting of the LNB Pro A um, mm-hmm. Young Player Awards last okay. year to Frank Nikitalina. And you look at the mm-hmm. players that won that Young Player Award. Frank was one of them. Tony mm-hmm. Parker, Boris Diaw. Um, our boy Evan Fournier was one of them as well. So uh, a long line of NBA pros have won that award. So uh, I don't know if he's going to win it this year because um, it's it's I don't read French, so I can't read the the, the their site. Um, but a, a lot of those guys guys who won the best young player awards i was just looking that up um have really tra- translated over uh, nick batum's one of them as well and also uh clint capella and uh jan mahime um is one of them so uh, you if you if you're in that vein he mm-hmm. you can be a guy that uh, comes over and, and is something interesting um i will throw out the, the the other guy i will have and he is in the top 10 at least for me no he's top 11 uh colin sexton i think he's okay. a guy that people are sleeping on him i mentioned this on the fast break podcast this is the guy that i'll, I'll use at least in the lottery mm-hmm. i think people are sleeping on him i think the gap between him and trey young is much closer than people think and I think that while Trey Young has more superstar potential Colin Sexton has more of an NBA game and could possibly uh, turn out to a better NBA pro I know that was one of the topics you threw out there but I think Colin Sexton I had again, him go as high as we've ever had him go in at the six. lottery yeah I think I think again Colin Sexton he, he is a leader he mm-hmm. has a high motor he has that uh, you know fuck you, I'm going to score mentality. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a deadly shooter from the outside, but mm-hmm. also he can work on that. I think he has the mentality to be a point guard in this league. Um, might not be a great passer yet. Um, so I think the biggest thing that's going to hold him back is if he doesn't become an elite passer at that mm-hmm. point guard position. And also if he uh, at least you know uh, doesn't develop his three-point shot. Some people look at his um, you know shot selection in college, but also he didn't have a ton of teammates on his team. Mm-hmm. Um, he was clearly the best player on that Alabama team, and it wasn't even close. So I don't really look at the shot selection too much. He needed to do what uh, he needed to do uh, what needed to be done to get Alabama into the NCAA tournament. He did that, and that was the first time I've seen Alabama well, in the NCAA tournament I think, the, in ten years. And the thing I like about Colin Sexton is look at who his NBA coach was. I know his it's couch. not like, or yeah, his couch coach was. I say NBA because out of guys like Coach K, I know Coach K is coached like LeBron and that with mm-hmm. Team USA, like a Roy Williams, a. Uh, Bill Self is Avery Johnson was in the league. He knows what to like. It, I did know he win a, a title. He did with yeah. uh, Popovich. 
Um, it was no. I'm ne- saying as a coach, didn't he? No, I don't know. As a, maybe as a coach, but I know was he, he the coach was. That no, so wasn't. Avery Johnson. He wasn't. I know that the title that he won was with that Spurs team. He was when they beat the Knicks. Yeah, you're right. Because um, they, I recently saw on Facebook they had a video about uh, how that team might have saved Pop's coaching career, mm-hmm. um, and he wouldn't have been the Hall of Famer that we'd see him as now if he got fired from that job. Uh, uh, Avery Johnson, I think I said Avery Bradley. Avery mm-hmm. Johnson uh, was the head coach of the Mavs team that was the number one team, uh, number one seed in the West, and then yes. lost to Golden State. Yes. So did not win a championship. But, I mean, the thing that I like about that is I'm assuming him and Colin Sexton had discussions of what to expect at the next level, how to make— Oh, for sure. Like, how to, like— yeah. Be the a mentor. mentor to yeah. this is what to expect from the league to where if I'm an NBA coach, I know I'm getting someone that firsthand has been spoken to by a guy who knows what to expect from NBA coaching. And I'm not trying to slight Roy Williams or like a Coach K or a Tom Izzo, but that to me can be a huge benefit. I'm going to go away with what you're doing. Like I'm not picking for sleepers. This is my own kind of stipulation. I don't pick anyone in the lottery. Well, I know. No, again, I, I wanted to define it's, where we were throwing yeah. out sleepers. I, I threw out the guys that I think are, are at least late round sleepers. No, yeah. I'm, I'm just, just thinking some people. I think some people are sleeping on mm-hmm. Colin Sexton. I well, think some people might think that Trey Young by far is the best also point guard. Like I how, think that that is is much closer than people. think. It's also like how some people think we're sleeping on Kevin Knox. How he could be higher? He's than been he in our top ten. Like, wake up. People. We got another comment Listen, that we're sleeping on Kevin Knox. It's like, what do you what do you want him to be mm-hmm. one? Good, come on. He's not, he's not the best fucking small now, forward in, in, now the, in the draft. I am, now I am going to throw this guy out there because I this is the this is where I get into my fringe. Like, is this guy a sleeper? Is he going to be a complete player at the NBA? But I basically want to throw him out there to see what you think because when okay. I get to him defensively, I think he can be really good defensively at the next level. It's his offense that I think will be a question when we get to the next level. Bruce Brown. No. Okay. Point guard from West Virginia. Oh, Javon Carter. Javon Carter. Okay. Yeah, he's no, he's, sm- he's, he's an a interesting guy. He's smaller than Tony Carr. I don't—see, if we're talking about sleepers, I don't think mm-hmm. he's a sleeper because I think he's more in that range of Josh Hart, mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon, where I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be a guy that can contribute to an NBA team. But I think, like, will he be a sleeper because he's going to be, like, a mid-second but has the— well, has the it's, kind of potential not, to where he could be a late first. It's not certain that he's going to be a, a well, second. And that's why so, I'm saying he'll be a sleeper because I think he'll be a mid-second who it's like, wow, I, he should have went at the end of the I first. I think he's going to be a guy that I think the combine and individual workouts are going to really set him up mm-hmm. for where, where he will end up going. I think he does have the ability, especially to a playoff team that's going to need someone to be able to guard ones and twos. He has the ability to be taken on the first round. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that he's he's a guy that, you know, he's not going to have a fluid offensive game, but I think he's not going to be uh, a detriment offensively. Mm-hmm. He's going to be your fifth option when he's out on the floor um, for especially a playoff team. But I think he can at least, you know, hit some threes at times. He's going to be efficient moving the ball. He might not be a guy that's going to drive and put up, you know, 20 points a night, but mm-hmm. he's going to be a guy that can probably get you five points a night and be a guy that's like a like a lockdown defender. Maybe like Marcus Smart, just a little bit worse offensively. Um, I think Javon Carter, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to, it's going to be interesting to see what the next month holds for him because, again, I think that he has the, the, the defensive abilities and at least the maturity to be an NBA pro. I don't think anyone doubts that. It's just really, uh, again, we go and talk about, are you taking a basketball player or are you taking the potential? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we look at guys like Anthony Simmons. Anthony Simmons has a ton of potential, but Javon Carter 
starter right now is a better basketball player than yeah. Anthony Simmons, and that's a for sure bet. So mm-hmm. it's really based on that. Again, Javon Carter is, more, I think, one of the older players in this draft. I think he's at like 23 years old. That's another detriment to him because how much can he grow? Are you seeing what you're getting out of him? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be definitely an interesting player to watch. Um, I think if if Javon Carter comes out and is an NBA pro and, and plays for you know 10 years in the NBA uh, in the NBA as a bench depth player. I totally see that happening because I think, again, his defense, um, his ability to at least be a leader on the floor, I I think that will totally translate to the NBA. The last guy that I think will definitely be a sleeper, and this is kind of like, this is where you mentioned Josh Hart, and it's not because they played for the same team that I think he'll be similar. Don't throw DiVincenzo. No, not DiVincenzo. Jalen Brunson. Okay. I think he's going to be a guy that, although he will be a first-round pick, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a guy that's picked like, mid to late 2030 yeah and then it's going to be like holy crap he's a 10-year a solid 10-year pro not necessarily like a starter or anything just a solid 10-year pro for a team that's an extension of the coach off the bench and can kind of like rally that not rally the troops i don't have the word i'm looking for but like steady the ship where it's like all right things are getting out of control let me calm everyone down let me kind of work the offense here get everyone facilitated and be a solid pro for a team where some teams might go, hey, man, looking at that draft, maybe we should have took a stab at him at like 19-20, and he shouldn't have went 28 to whatever team he goes to. Uh, another guy I want to throw out there is going to be uh, Isaac Banga, a uh, mm-hmm. German basketball player, 19 years old, uh, 18 years old, sorry, uh, 18 years old. We're throwing out a lot of Euro uh, players in this one. They're, they're sleepers, man. People don't know <laughs> about these guys. I mean, the definition mm-hmm. of the sleeper is people that you don't know. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, some people, I mean, I'm not going to say the NBA mm-hmm. YouTube draft community yeah. doesn't know their players because most of these people watching their but stuff, if they're the, finding us, they're finding us because they want, like, the general populace, um, the yeah, casual fans. I don't think we have a lot of casual fans watching mm-hmm. us. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> but Bongo is a guy that I think, again, six nine, very young, eighteen years old, um, has the ability to possibly be a guy that's a two way player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Has a decent enough shot. Again, he's he's going to need work on. Um, he's going to be a second round pick probably. But he's a guy that uh, played in Eurobasket uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, is got the build. Um, has pretty decent passing as well for a player at 6'9". Um, I'm going to be interested to see how his game develops over there, but he's a very raw player that has the potential to be maybe becomes uh, a, a guy who's a, who's who's an NBA starter. He's he's a very raw player. He's going to need a lot of work to, uh, to be done on his game, but if he puts in that work, Again, with his frame, with his athletic ability, he can be a guy that can be very dangerous for, uh, for, for an NBA team. So here's the thing, and I'm throwing this in right at the end. I know we talked about busts already, yep. but I did the cardinal sin of looking at our comments on our lottery. I want to get your opinion on two things real quick. Mm-hmm. First one this is from Tristan Taylor. Yep. says, Jackson, I'm assuming he's meaning Triple J, is going to be a major bust. Noah Vonley 2.0, he says. Noah Vonley 2.0. He's a Noah Vaughn, but I'm assuming he means Noah Vonley. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be, because I don't think there's any mm-hmm. Jackson. Right? Well, when he said Noah, I'm like, Joe Keem? But then Vaughn, I'm like, oh, Vonley. I don't think that's fair. I mean, again, it's 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 based on expectations. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing with busts and sleepers. It's based on expectations. I don't think Javon Carter is technically a sleeper because I think people know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. It's just really, are you going to gamble on somebody that takes potential? Mm-hmm. So are you going to make him a sleeper by falling to the second round um, and, and falling 
going to a team that's going you know he's going to be a, a future starter for the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, like if a team like Boston passes him up in the current contract situation with Marcus Smart, if they pass up Javon Carter, it might be a really dumb move. Um, so I, I think that again, it's based off of expectations. If you're expecting Jaron Jackson, we talked about this in the NBA mock draft 5.0. If we're talking about expectations, Jaron Jackson should not be seen as a number one mm-hmm. uh, player. And you might be saying, well, why are you drafting a guy like that uh, top five overall if he's not going to be the number one player on your team? If he's not going to be a star potential. in the NBA. It's it's not even the potential. It's it's He's going to be an elite role player at worst. He's a guy that's going to be a great defender um, at 6'11", mm-hmm. filling in that fourth spot and could possibly even bring you, he's going to bring you versatility playing the four and the five, something that is very uh, very uh, necessary in today's NBA. He's going to bring an outside shot, was one of the best, was the best three-point shooter, at least out of the bigs that we talk about, mm-hmm. um, Aiton, Bagley, uh, uh, ba- uh, Bamba, and then uh, himself. He was the best three-point shooter out of all of them. He's got nice passing abilities. He's a monster defensively, off Offensively, he's going to do enough. If mm-hmm. you think he's going to be a number one on the team, you're sorely mistaken. But he can be an elite player, at least when we talk about guys like Draymond Green being an elite player. When we talk about, um, you know, uh, let's even say Nikola Jokic, a different, different player, different play styles, because Jokic is a six eleven freak who you know is a point guard. Um, but again, like we're talking about elite role players that probably aren't number ones. I mm-hmm. think Jamal Murray probably has more potential to be a number one on the Denver Nugget team. We clearly know Draymond's not the number one, but he can be an elite role player that's going to be very hard for teams to stop because of his 6'11 frame, because of his athleticism, because of his defensive abilities, and because of his ability to stretch the floor and not be a, a net negative offensively. And again, he's going to be a positive defensively. He's a very well all-around player that's going to probably have the potential to be an elite all-around player in the NBA. Well, and the thing that I think about is when you said a role player, I think about Draymond Green. He's a guy that, yeah, went second round, but Well, I'm saying I at think, worst. No, no, I'm saying, yeah. I mean, look at Look back at him, how many teams would take Draymond Green in the first round, somewhere in the first round, whether it's late, middle, and like he was, I can't remember who it was on Get Up that said it today. It's like he is, I think it was Jalen Rose, he is the ultimate role player. Like he's not going to be a guy that goes to another team and drops 25 and be your main guy. That could be Jaron Jackson. The only difference is he's not going to fall to the second round like Draymond Green did. Well, someone's going to take him top ten. The thing is, is at worst he's going to be probably an elite role player. Like yeah. I said, he has again the build and body. If he puts in work, if his worst, maybe he's is, a number one. If his worst um, is Draymond Green, I'll take it. Yeah, like but, but he's his, also six eleven. Draymond Green, lean no, cut and fit, totally different. Oh, I know. Um, but no, like, I know. But I'm that saying role yeah. player type. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, Jackson again. It's it, again different players. But mm-hmm. I know what we're saying. I think uh, Jaron Jackson again. It's, it's depending on your um, expectations, but I don't see Noah Vonley and mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson at all. Last two I'm going to throw out. This one's kind of a sleeper from our lottery edition, so I'll throw it in there. Broman says Malik Newman. He goes, Malik Newman from Kansas nope. is better than Trey Media Hype Young and Colin Average Sexton. That is people, a Kansas bias. If people heard quick one. to believe the hype when it comes to... When it comes from the media, go back and watch all the guards game. Malik Newman is the only... NBA ready one. And this was a comment I meant it's to read true. next week or last week, but I forgot. So Brandon and I asked a question on the Mo Bamba video. Why yeah. can't you build around a defensive big? And Charles um, hit us up with his answer. Meant to read it last week, didn't he? goes, reasons why you can't build around a defensive big is because they can't usually take over a game when needed. Your best player has to be a great scorer. Scores can take over games easier than defensive players. When it's a fourth quarter and shit hits the fan, 
You need your best player to be able to put the team on his back and get you buckets. Like I said, forgot to mention that last week. That's true because that's why Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Ayton are going above Jaron Jackson. Because Jaron Jackson, again, we don't know what his... more defensive. Well, we don't know what his his top level offensively is going Mm -hmm. to be. Um, He's better defensively than both of those players are. Um, However, Jaron Jackson's above Mo Bamba just because, again, he's going to bring you enough offensively to be a number three or number two option. Um, Also, Malik Newman, he's he's, he's more of a shooting guard, if anything. He's a 6'3 shooting guard that's small. So I, Mm -hmm. I do not not seen Malik Newman's game transferring over. You might say, oh, he shot 83% from the free throw line. <laughs> he also shot 41% from three, but also he's playing on an elite Kansas team that has unreal ball movement and has so many players that you have to watch out for. Malik Newman is going to made look, be made look better by all the other players on Kansas. I don't see his game translating over to the NBA. So he's not better than media hype Trey Young or uh, what was the Colin Sexton <laughs> Colin thing? Average Sexton. Colin Average Sexton. That's a real great one there, buddy. <laughs> I, I also read that because I knew that the those two nicknames would kind of get you a little trigger. Well, it, it, I'm not triggered. It's just it's stupid. And I hate myself for just using Maliki the term Mailman triggered. Newman right there. I, I hate that I just use that. So I'm never gonna. If it's okay with you, I'm never gonna say the word triggered ever again on a podcast. Newman. Newman. <laughs> yeah, Newman. That's why I said Mailman Newman. But this is where you guys come in. I know you guys can't see me right now because the camera. I know you are like but... panicking, freaking out. If it goes de- oh, dead, I it know, goes dead. But I, like, we still I have lovely over. listeners on we Blog do. Talk Radio and iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, <laughs> don't forget us to rate five stars. It means so much for our podcast. And take, while you're at it, take them through the housekeeping. And, and while you're at it, if you're rating us five stars on <laughs> iTunes, especially you know the PTP, yep. also head over to the Fast Breaks page, the Onside Kicks page, the Rick and Johnny page, and rate those five stars. It means so much to us it helps us grow it helps us thrive here at mvp and if you're on youtube head over and watch the newest episode of the outcast they just recently interviewed kelly scaletta of bleacher report a great interview from buzz and juice we love those boys over the outcast and we want you to have a great time enjoying MVP products. So whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on YouTube, we appreciate the support. If you want to support us in a different way, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to be on a podcast, hit up that $10 tier. You pick the topic. You pick the podcast. Mm-hmm. You uh, at least drive the discussion. It should be a fun time. We also have a, a couple other tiers that you can check out. The $5 tier, the $2 tier, and the $1 tier. Also, podcast.com. You can read up on articles. You can catch up on full episodes of our podcast. All of the segments that are posted on YouTube. And also, MVP merch. We have it over at mostvaluablepodcast.com. You can pick up an MVP shirt. They are slick. They are black with white lettering. They are pretty. And finally, Ricky, take them home. Well, and last two things I was going to say is Most Valuable Podcast. You mentioned articles. I had the idea of maybe doing a Dennis Schroeder possible trade situations in the future, maybe in the next coming weeks. But thank you guys for watching. I know you can't see me, but I'm still going to point at the camera. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.